At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome to Get a Grip with Shane Bacon, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, hey, welcome to Get a Grip, Shane Bacon with the great Claire Rogers. Claire, what's up? How are you? I'm great. How are you, Shane? I'm doing well. You know, we've been doing these Sunday night recaps of the major championships, and Claire, we had a plan to do that last night, and then Minji Lee went and did Minji Lee things, and uh, I sent you a text. I had uh, a couple of kiddos I was dealing with, and I said, hey, we'll do it Monday morning, and I'm kind of glad we did because I've been, I was kind of thinking this morning about golf right now, and we just had kind of, I was thinking about what we've just recently had, right? So we had a great PJ championship kind of finish up on Sunday. We've had another iteration of the match, and this was athletes only without professional golfers. And I got to be honest, I watched a lot of it, more than I probably thought I was going to watch. And then, of course, we have all the live stuff that has just been hanging over golf this year. And we have the U.S. Women's Open going into this week. So we're coming off of the biggest championship in women's golf. We're going into, you know, Canadian Open on the PGA Tour and this whole live experience, whatever the heck's going to be coming from that. And then we have the U.S. Open upcoming where is your golf brain at right now? Where are you in terms of energy set forth to watching, experiencing, writing, talking about golf? Because there's just so many kind of points you could hit on. Okay. That's funny you mentioned that because every week I kind of do a summary of like, here's what stuck out. I was just telling my coworkers, I was like, there's like 15 things right. I want to write about this week. So much is happening. But I'm energized. I do not feel burnt out. And I think that I would like to thank um, the women's game for that because I think a lot of times after watching PJ tour event after PJ tour event, because I do social and on Sundays, that's kind of what I'm focused on. I get a little tired of it. I love it, but I get a little tired of it. I feel super energized after watching the U S women's open. I feel, you know, it's a different game to watch. Like I kind of was thinking like, there's no toxic energy on the broadcast. There's no, no one's in a rules officials face. No one's like, I mean, maybe there were club slam. I didn't see it. It's just a different experience. So I feel like it was a great, it's a great way to kick off the summer kind of. And I feel, but I do think the last seven days were the busiest days in golf 
all year so far. Yeah, rolling into the U.S. Women's Open. Yeah, I wanted to talk uh, kind of big picture LPGA stuff with you because it's been an mm-hmm. interesting year, really. I mean, you think about what happened in 2021 with Jin Young-Ko and Nelly. And Nelly, I mean, Jin Young-Ko was amazing, obviously. And I think you and I have all the respect in the world for what Jin Young-Ko has been able to do out on the golf course and just the consistency that comes with their game. But you and I are both Americans. We cover the sport for America. I mean, we do a lot of stuff for this audience. And Nelly was an enormous breath of, of fresh air, if you will, kind of the dominant American figure that was young and was winning big events and was winning majors and was winning the Olympics and was consistently in the hunt at these events. And we, I would say 2021, and I talked a lot about this on Golf Today last year, it was as big a year as I can remember for women's golf. I mean, just getting two legit dominant stars, which is great in individual sport, right? I mean, you think about tennis, mm-hmm. I mean, even track and field, I mean, go to some of the Olympic sports. It's so important when you have two dominant figures that go head to head. We haven't quite had that in men's golf as of late. There's been five, six, seven. You could probably go as far as 15 players that at some point were kind of the one-two punch, if you will, on the PGA Tour. But we finally had that on the women's side. I mean, we got this Jin Young Ko versus Nelly storyline headed into 2022. And then, of course, the blood clot happened. So as we were kind of getting closer to this women's open, I was kind of thinking about as I was getting ready to to be a part of the featured group coverage of, of the week, I was just kind of thinking about the landscape of the LPGA in 2022. And then Minji goes out and does what she does and all of a sudden kind of grabs the headlines. I mean, a dominant performance. She's been so good over the last year. And I feel like we were waiting for maybe the third player to show up. It might have been Lydia. Maybe it's Lexi. You know, maybe Jess Corda shows up and does some crazy stuff. And all of a sudden, Minji reminds us that I think Minji has been the third best player and at times the second and even first best player over the last year, year and a half on the LPGA Tour. Oh, I totally agree. And it was fun to watch. I think sometimes I'm like, oh, a blowout. Right. You don't want to see. It was awesome to watch the entire day. And yeah, and that course was hard, especially yesterday. And I think when I was watching at some point, Lydia Ko and one other woman were the only ones who had been under par for the day. So it it was not like it was given to her. She had to play well yesterday to, you know, keep that lead going. So I think it was it was awesome. Yeah, blowouts can, some blowouts can be really boring. This didn't feel like a Mm -hmm. boring blowout, you know? I mean, I I think back to, you know, like the Tiger experiences early in his career, right? Those blowouts weren't boring because it was Tiger. I mean, Tiger was just watching him do this. It was this magical experience that we'd never quite seen before. You know, he had all aspects of the game and he was so young. But, you know, blowouts can be exciting when you're watching someone hold a hole shot to shot, moment to moment, still kind of going through the process. Because like you said, this Pine Needles is not an easy golf course. And when you look at the leaderboard, there weren't a whole bunch of players under par. There weren't a whole bunch of exceptional rounds on the weekend. I mean, we saw saw some 64s early in the week, but this was just simply a player that was in total and utter command of her entire golf game playing a golf course that you could easily slip up and make bogeys. I mean, I was doing featured groups with some of the biggest names in women's golf. And they were struggling. There were stretches on yeah. this golf course where they were making consecutive bogeys or they were making doubles. They were getting some themselves in position where it was just brutal to find a way to make a par. And all the while, Minji's just kind of hitting in the fairway, hitting on the green, making the appropriate birdies. I thought on Sunday that first hole was such a statement hole. I mean, she she hits a great drive. She hits that, what, 20 feet for eagle. Doesn't make it for eagle, but it was just such a simple two-putt with that three-shot lead going into the final round. Those are those moments where you can make six on one and all of a sudden the championship's up for grabs. And when you make four, it feels like it's almost over in a way. And I love when players come out and make those types of early statements. Yeah, it was like, oh, we're not going to have to worry today. She's good to go. It kind of reminds me of like 
you know, all golf Twitter, like will explode when Tiger does something on the first hole. I was like, oh, I was like, perfect. She's good. (laughs) So 13 players total, 13 players finished under par. I mean, that is, you said it, it is not an easy golf course. At times it felt like, again, every single day, it felt like somebody played great, Mm -hmm. but Pine Needles has just always been such a great championship golf course. I was listening to the shotgun start this morning with Andy and Brendan and Andy, I thought brought up a great point and I wanted to expand a little bit on it with what the USGA is doing with this U S women's open. And in my opinion, and this will never happen. I don't think, because as we know right now, men's golf will still kind of dominate what we talk about most of the time, but the women's open is the biggest championship for the women, right? I mean, there's no, I don't think there's really even a question. You heard some of the comments from Minji after the run, you know, this is the one I always wanted to win. You hear that so often from players. You see it from players like Lexi and Nelly that are chasing that first U.S. Women's Open title. It's such an important thing. That's not the case on the men's side. The Masters is always going to be the biggest event for the men. So the fact that the USGA has transitioned the Women's Open into this championship event that plays championship golf courses, Andy said, is this the last time we'll see Pine Needles on the schedule for the U.S. Women's Open. You know, the next time they come back to this area, it's going to be Pinehurst number two. You've seen some of the venues we have upcoming. Of course, Pebble, you know, next year we've got Aaron Hills. We've got Marion, you know, you've got Oakmont. You've got all these championship U.S. Open level golf courses. And I was thinking about where the USGA should put its energy. And I feel like putting its energy into this championship first, in my opinion, would make the most sense. Because again, it's the biggest for the women. It's the biggest in a certain level of sport. But I was thinking about not seeing Pine Needles again for the Women's Open. And that's after the Chevron, right? Yeah. So there's a chance we could see two staples of championship golf, two venues that have been staples on the women's side of major championships disappear in the same season. And it bums me out a little bit because all week long we're watching Pine Needles and it just feels like a major. It feels like it should always be in the rotation. And I'm scared it's going to be left on the cuttering floor because Pinehurst number two is down the street. Right. And there are a lot of especially majors, right? You're seeing those courses like closer up, I think. And like, as the week goes on, you're like, oh yeah, this whole, like you start to know the course a little bit. And for me, like I wasn't there, but I'm knowing, all right, this is a tricky hole for these girls. The, you know, the closing stretch. I don't get that week in and week out every time I watch golf. So I kind of felt like attached to it by the end of the week. I was like, I'm going to miss this. So yeah, I think, you know, good for the game. If they're going to go to these Great like elite places. elite but, spots, right? Yeah, exactly. But this was an awesome host this week. And, you know, I don't remember what was it when I don't forget the last time I was there, but this, I, yeah, I kind of felt like a little attached to it by the end. So, and, and cool that Minji won. You know, this has been the, one of the things that have gone hand in hand with Pine Needles over the years is everybody that wins here is like this unbelievable Hall of Fame level player. I mean, you go back to the first time this thing was here, it was Annika, Kari Webb won here, Christy Kerr, and now Minji. And at least to me, it's starting to feel like Minji is going to be one of these four, five, six time major winners. I mean, the game is is so unbelievably complete. And when you watch her, it just feels like she's like just in some sort of a trance or a zone. I mean, you talk about a player that doesn't show a single level of emotion. <laughs> it looks like you're watching Roger Federer play tennis. It really does. Yeah. Just, I don't know. I've, I, you know, I probably, she probably wouldn't have been on the broadcast if she was 12 over, but you couldn't have, <laughs> you couldn't really tell by looking at her. Um, and yeah. And I mean, she's already, this is her second major win. Right. It's not like, oh, the floodgates are open. Like, uh, I, who do they have? Uh, Claude Harmon had Marina Alex talking about her LPGA wins last week. And she said like the second win proves that you're there to stay. And so the second major win 
is huge. Um, so that was really exciting that she has a second one. And then I was kind of looking at like her finishes through the year. Like she's already won what she won the founders. Right. It, it, two um, weeks ago. Had, I mean, this, this was, this yeah. was two, three weeks ago. Like this is yeah. now two victories basically in the last month. It's giving me like a Scotty Shuffler vibes kind <laughs> of, I don't know. And, and you know, it's interesting too. I mean, if you think about this season, we've kind of got two players that are very similar in similar spots in their careers winning their second major. I mean, Justin Thomas wins the PGA Championship. It's that second major. You're kind of getting over that hurdle. I love what you said about what Marina said about winning the second time and how that, you know, you any, I mean, I don't want to say anybody can win one time, but for a professional golfer that's playing on the PGA Tour, the LPGA Tour, you can fall into a victory. You could just have a hot week with the putter. You can do something where you can win once. To win mm-hmm. a second time, is incredibly important. I think it, it makes you do, feel like you do belong there. To win that second major championship, now all of a sudden you always have the target on your back when you show up at places because now you have major wins than Alexi. You have more major wins than Anelli, right? I mean, these are the mm-hmm. elite of the elite of the elite names, and you've done more than they've done in those big events. And I think about that with Justin Thomas is now Justin Thomas can go into majors never having to worry about the questions of when are you going to win the next major. And maybe Minji doesn't get as many as Justin did, but it feels like those two players are very similar where when it's click it feels like their game is better than everybody else's game and maybe they're not week to week the Jin Young Ko's or the you know Rory McIlroy or whoever you want to compare on both sides of it but when they do have it going it's it looks incredibly easy it looks incredibly comfortable and they look like they also are under the impression they're going to win that week right and didn't Minji I think I saw that she came from seven strokes back the last time she won a major so it's like not only two different ways in the driver's yep. seat, but she can grind it out too. So that is, you know, she can do it from whatever angle she needs to, which I think is even more impressive. What, so. what was the highlight of your week? What was kind of the moment, the day, the situation that you'll kind of remember from this U.S. Women's Open? Because you said it, blowouts at time, it's kind of hard sometimes to attach yourself to a moment that actually happened because you kind of feel like you're just talking about the whole week. Yeah. I think two players are going to stick out in my mind. One being uh Ingrid the amateur yes good call she didn't get that top 10 which is kind of a bummer bummer. like a tricky and you could tell in her interview yesterday she was bummed which is like wow this girl's a rising senior and is holding herself she wanted that top 10 it wasn't oh making the cut will be good enough she wanted it um but that kind of shows like the future of the game is in really good hands um so that and then also I gotta say Danielle Kang I watched a lot of her because of featured groups I'll remember that she is dealing with this back issue and was in really good spirit she was joking around with her caddy um and I really want her to get that sorted out because I think when and like she was yeah in great spirits and I think to have her in contention would have been even better but you know she she fought and I didn't think she was going to make the cut and then I was like oh she's staying for two more days here staying for two more days with apparently according to her brother a tumor on her spine I was uh yeah I had Danielle the first day and I had her on Saturday for featured groups And what's so cool about getting to do featured groups and to watch featured groups is just the level of audio you get from those. I mean, if we lay out, if the announcers don't talk for two or three minutes when the mics are on them and we're live, you're going to get so much more audio and so much more conversation than you're going to typically get on a a normal broadcast because everybody's bouncing around and showing other golf shots. And I'm with you. I was so impressed with her playing. I, I never do this, Claire. I sent her a DM. I sent, I sent a DM to Danielle and was like, hey, listen, I've watched you for a couple of days. I was damn impressed by your ability to tough it out. You know, you should, I know you're a type of player that expects to win these tournaments, but 
you know, just kudos for for being tough enough to do this. Because as she said, if I if this wasn't the women's open, I wouldn't have been here. The fact that she made the cut, she yeah. made that birdie, you know, after the eight on the first hole with the easiest hole of the week. Uh, I'm with you. Danielle King was quite impressive. Nelly was incredibly impressive. I mean, what 119 days between tournament rounds, and she comes back and was right there and got a total screw job in that second round on the 11th hole when we never found the golf ball. I mean, that was five six yards off the fairway. It must have mm-hmm. plugged under one of those tufts of grass, the fact that we never found it. I'm directing our on-course reporter as we're watching this where the ball might be. Uh, somebody on Twitter was like, that seemed pretty unfair. I'm like, oh, totally unfair. I mean, this- Did it ever turn up? Like, no. Other groups I don't, I mean, not that it? I know so of. Annoying. I need so- to go out there and like look for I it. I have this really weird thing, Claire, where when I lose a golf ball, and when I lose a golf ball like in play, if you will, so if I just hit it left and we never find it, I'm always thinking to myself, that golf ball is somewhere. Like it's somewhere mm-hmm. on this planet. Now we're never going to find it. Maybe nobody will find <laughs> it again, but it always annoys me to know if you hit it out of bounds, hit it in the water, hit it in the desert, whatever. It's fine. I'm never going to find the golf ball. That's one thing. But when you hit it 10, 12 yards off the fairway and it should be found and it's not, that always just drives me nuts because it's so, the golf ball is, it does exist is kind of where my head yes, at. Yes, exactly. It exists and there were so many world. people looking for it. Oh, it, it was there a like search party. I think maybe more. <sighs> I think it was about 20 yeah. people at one point. Uh, it was wild. I have a rule change I want to throw your way. I like, you know, I like to come up with dumb ideas and silly ideas and, and stuff. And you brought up Ingrid. So the, the rumor is, correct me if I'm wrong here, that she is going to go back to college, right? She's going back to LSU. Is yeah. that kind of the, what the plan is right now? Yeah, she was like taking classes during the week <laughs> um, at night. So <laughs> you're so you're trying, to win, trying to win the U.S. Women's Open, no big deal. All right. I think that considering the USGA has been such a pioneer for amateur golf, that if you make the cut and you're low amateur, and you stay amateur through the next year, you should get invited to the championship the next year. Because yeah. it's got to be relatively rare for amateurs these days to make the cut, right? I mean, it, it's hard to make the cut in these things. On the women's side, there might have been two or three amateurs that made the cut. You know, a lot of the times in the Masters in the U.S. Open, none of the amateurs will make the cut on the men's side. Mm-hmm. So if you do accomplish that, if you can make it to the weekend, that means you beat a lot of professional golfers. You beat a lot of very, very good golfers and you made it to the weekend and you were low amateur, I'd love to see an invite extended if you stay amateur, right? If you want to continue your amateur play and you don't want to turn professional, we'll invite you back. Now, if you finish top, whatever it is, 10 or 13 or whatever the thing is, then you can return no matter what, if you're a pro or whatever. But I'd love to see the amateur idea come back next year. Like you did a great job. You represented amateur golf. We want to see you in the championship next year at Pebble. I think that, I love that. All in on that idea. Um, I don't know. It's just fun to see the amateurs totally play. Agree. And like today, we're going to have the same kind of thing going on in two weeks at Brookline. It's, it, it makes you, it, they're not normal people, but they're a little bit more normal because they do other things usually. So it's cool to see how they stack up. You know, at the waste management this year, or I guess the WM, excuse me, at the WM Phoenix <laughs> Open this year, I think that might be the first time I've actually called it the WM Phoenix Open. I'm very proud of myself. Um, remember, remember Sahith and how great that story was and how everybody kind of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we all talked about it. We were all so excited about it. And he was so emotional when it was so just honest to watch. And I, I remember hearing a lot of people talk about the fact that that's so honest because Sahith hasn't quite been, and I, I'm just going to use the word tainted for, for lack of a better term, but hasn't quite been tainted by the grind of professional golf. He's so new to it. And I, I'm with you. I think there's a level of rookies and amateurs playing in these things where it's still so exciting for them. You know, you play in your eighth U.S. Open or your 14th U.S. Open, and I'm sure it's still exciting to show up, and I'm sure it's still a great moment, but it's not the same as a first or a second. And when you're an amateur... Not your first rodeo. Exactly. And when you show up to these <laughs> things, 
you're so evergreen and there's such a level of evergreenness and to get yourself in the hunt and in contention and to be playing in front of the spotlights. I mean, I think Ingrid played with Annika the first two days and Jin Young Ko on Saturday. I mean, think about the moments that she's going to take away from this. And again, I just, I'd love to see a little bit more of a celebration for the amateurs that play well enough to see them for four days because an invite back to this championship doesn't take a lot from the USGA. And I think it'd be cool. And again, it's, it's another celebration. It's another time to celebrate an enormous part of golf that we might forget a little bit more than we probably should. Yeah. And timing wise, it's like, all right, if say she's going to go pro, she'll have time to graduate and she'll wait another, what, three weeks playing that. And then, so it's not like she has to wait till the end of the summer or something like that. At bed, three, six, five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Uh, I I sent this on Twitter to you, and uh, I wanted to bring it up. So we talk about outfits. We talk about, you know, outfits we'll remember from the week. Uh, and I'm, there's a few, I mean, there's a few that I think will stand out to me that I, I, I won't, you leave me no shirt socks combo on Sunday. Uh, so good. I loved it. I was a big fan when she walked out on the first tee, we had her on our future group coverage. She walked out on the first tee. I, I, I couldn't help myself, but talk about her socks for about 45 seconds too long, but I need to talk about Minji. Yes. I think Minji's the best dressed professional golfer in the world right now. Every outfit is killer. They're great. They fit great. They look great. She looks great wearing them. Great colors. When she splashes it with something really bright, everything else is relatively muted. She can't look bad in these outfits. Am I right here? Is is this the best dressed male or female professional golfer? I think so. And here's why I also think you might be saying that the bright colors are great, but I think sometimes we get lost in like big patterns and stuff. And I think big patterns have their place. They can play. For everyone listening, I am like the worst dressed person. I'm always in sweatshirts, but I can talk. Claire's about wearing this. a sweatshirt right now, by the way, in case you're wondering. She's wearing a hoodie right now. My sisters too, because it's better than anyone I own. But she, like, it's I don't know. It's simple and it's it looks really clean. Yes, clean's a great way to put it. Yes, the win at all costs is like awesome. Like you're you can't wear that and miss the cut. Like if you're gonna wear that, you have to play well. Like that's the rule. I could never wear that. But the yeah, I liked. Uh, she had the blue on earlier in so the week. Great. She had like these red. It looked incredible. Everything again. Everything is just it's it's just well put together. Like the top and the mm-hmm. bottom and the shoes and the hat. And somebody said, I think I wrote this and somebody on social said, but there's a lot way too many sponsors. Listen, have sponsors everywhere. This is how you get paid, man. I, I mean, I used. I would tattoo it on absolutely my forehead. Absolutely, I, mean- <laughs> I would. My hat would like literally look like one of those Olympic pen hats. You know, when people wear that, they they get the pens from all the Olympics, or they get all the badges from the Masters. I would sponsor every portion of my body if I was playing pro golf, because you know what that means? That means I'm making more money, and we know how long yep. careers can last. <laughs> it might last twenty years, or it might last five years, but you should get it when you can get it. So, never going to hate on too many sponsors on the outfit. But Minji's rocking it, just absolutely rocking it, and I think she's been uh She's been crushing the outfit game this year. Yeah. I also want to give an honorable mention to Nellie Court on the outfit game. I think the Jay Lindenberg stuff looks, Always again, looks super good. clean. I think it was like she had this uh, skirt in a different color every day and then a similar shirt in the same color every day. So it it was never like something crazy different, but it was just, again, like cohesive outfit, really well put together. So 
I talked a little bit off the top about Jin Young Ko and Nelly. And, you know, one thing mm-hmm. I kind of always look for in these big events is, I mean, of course, we want to see him contend and win. But what did it look like when you didn't play your best? Because we know if Jin Young Ko plays her best, she wins. If Nelly plays her best, she's most likely going to win. I mean, that's the case when you're, you know, one and two in the world. Jin Young Ko quietly finishes fourth. Nelly finishes in a tie for eighth. Both of those names finish in the top 10. And if you look at this leaderboard, Claire, I mean, this is... Big name after big name after big name. Lydia fifth, Nordquist T sixth. I mean, Leona McGuire finishes in the top 10. Mina Haragai. I just feel like the players that have been playing solid golf this year showed up at this U.S. Women's Open. And kind of going back to Pine Needles as a host, what better way to say you deserve to be a part of these championships than when you see the cream, and this is a cliche, but you see the cream rise to the top, right? And I mean, when you look at this leaderboard, it's a very creamy leaderboard, I'll say that. Megan Kang. Okay, yes. quick Megan Kang story. All right, let's hear it. Um, so this is like, you know, she's from Massachusetts. Not a lot of great junior golfers coming out. Uh, Dylan DeCher, if you're listening to this, you're a great player. But like junior golf, there's not a lot in New England. Like, you know, the weather's well, not who great. Is so it? Like, I... Who do you lean on? I mean, is it, is it, is it, who, who are the people that you would talk about when you were in high school or beyond about having an opportunity like to Peter play? Peter Uline, okay. but then he moved down to Florida. Right, right, right. Um, I, yeah, like so there just wasn't, yeah, like there were before your time. So I played on my high school golf team, you know, we're playing matches. I'm like the last girl, like whose score counts often losing five and four. My coach is like, Claire, you got to play in a tournament. Like it's going to be good for you. I'm like, okay, perfect. Who am I paired with? Megan King. Oh I have never played in an event before. Like, you know, I usually like, I was so nervous. I double hit my putt on the first hole. I think I shot like 99. <laughs> And she shot like four under. And I was like, how did she play so well with me? Like holding, you know, and I'm like, you know, chatting. I'm like, so do you play any other sports for school? And she's like, no. <laughs> I'm I'm focused on this one. This is the one I'm really interested in. That's funny. So I'm glad that she finished so well because, you know, now I can say like, that's fine that you got beat so much. Look how great she is. <laughs> That's the Carson Daly story, right? I mean, wasn't the whole Carson Daly thing was he grew up around Tiger and he'd finish second to Tiger all the time. And he was, he yeah. was saying, I will, I mean, every town's got to have a guy like this. And obviously that was not yeah. the case. Uh, one of my dad's best friends played Jimmy Connors when he was in high school in tennis. And my, my dad's buddy, uh, his name is John Corley. He thought he was kind of like hot shit in tennis and um, yeah, yeah. it uh, didn't go well. I, he said he, he said he won. I think he said he won a game. He said he lost 6-0-6-1 to Jimmy Connor. So that's for the rest of his very, life, he that's right. That. That's very respectable. But there's those <laughs> moments when you, you know, I, I saw it. I remember AJGA days where, you know, you show up and you get paired with a Casey Wittenberg or a Jeff Bell or these names, you know, J, you know, James Vargas, those types of players. When in my heyday, they were the best in the world. And it wasn't just the scores. It was what they did, you know, on the golf course and their ability ability to make it look so simple. And she might have shot four under, but it could have been six or it could have been seven. It wasn't like it was right. a lucky four under par round of golf. And when you see that type of level, I mean, I talk about this with Max a lot. Uh, during the pandemic, we would play this Monday money game at Papago. And it would be me, my buddy Ashton Woods, who played mini tour with me back in the day, played golf at Utah. He's really, really good at golf and uh, one of the most lovely humans in the world as well. And it would be Max, and we'd have this kind of rotating, you know, fourth door. And it would be many tour players would play with us, our buddies that were trying to make it on the Gateway Tour and beyond. And just watching the difference in how simple it was for Max versus even, you know, even guys that could go out there and shoot four under, five under, you know, relatively yeah. easy. The fact that it was just so much simpler for Max to shoot five under was the thing I'd always take away. Was it was five under, but he had three or four putts that almost went in that rolled over the edge. 
you know, I mean, he, he had might've had a bogey, right. But it wasn't going to be like three or four bogeys in a round. And it's the, it's the simple ability to put together those rounds that I always look at as the next level stuff from these pros. Oh yeah. I'm like, you know, more focused on my peanut butter sandwich than making the Where's my snacks. Just... That's right. I, the snacks is <laughs> but, important. Yeah. But now I will say I'll be nervous, like going to media days or something and playing a course. I'm like, Claire, you played with Megan King. <laughs> Stop freaking out. Right. I think I can ha- handle playing with, with Zach and, uh, and, and to share at the media day at, at Curtis cup. Um, exactly. what, what was your favorite day? What day was your favorite uh, of the week at the U S women's open? I liked Saturday. But I think I'll remember Sunday okay. just because it was um, it was a blast and the practice rounds were good. We had um, we had another so our guy Darren was there and just like getting interviews with like Lydia Ko and stuff. So I don't know. I think I'm like picking five of the days of the week, but I, I'll go with Sunday because it was just an awesome finish. And I like watching like the trophy ceremony and, you know, her brother's calling I her know. like as she's getting, it's fun. It's really fun. Yeah. The, the emotional part of these majors, these big majors, when somebody wins it for the first time, watching that to your point, the emotion pour out is, is very special. I, I think my favorite day was Thursday. I mean, I think kind of getting a chance to broadcast that return back for Nelly and to just watch how well she played and how complete it was and you know, how she just kind of got right back into it. Uh, will probably be the day I remember the most might have been my favorite day but to your point you know getting to see this dominant performance by Minji was uh, was very special pine needles produces dominant performances by the way you look at those wins it's like eight shot win and six shot win and four shot win four shot win and yeah it's like this golf course you should win by seven and eight shots but uh obviously when you look at the list of champions there it makes uh it makes a lot of sense but uh, all in all, a good week, I thought. Uh, excited about it. And then we, of course, flipped the calendar. As I said, we've got golf's longest day on Monday. We're talking on Monday. Uh, and then we get closer and closer to the U.S. Open, uh, which I know you're excited about. Uh, any early thoughts on U.S. Open stuff as we kind of wrap up the Women's Open? Oh, I'm so excited. So I was at the USAM there in 2013. Um, I think my brother caddied in it for one oh, of my nice. friends who was playing. Um, and then I was there a couple weeks ago for the media day. I don't know. I kind of want to look at like the finishes for the USAM and see like I know Xander played there and see like where they're going to compare this week. I don't know if it'll make any difference. It's been so long, but it'll be cool to see, you know, um, where they go. And then I was also just looking at like the guys playing today. Like Ricky was three over through six. Like it's going to be interesting to see who gets through. Um, I don't know. What are you thinking? I uh, I'm I, I kind of am in the world of. We we have continued to have the big names win, and JT was the first of that group that won their second. And so to me, it's, will that fire up that, I mean, think about the list of these guys that have won majors, in, in one yeah. major. I mean, it, it is a growing list. It's a long list, and it's most of the world top 10. So is somebody going to add two, or are we going to see somebody do something crazy? Like, will Spieth finally win another major? I mean, I, I think Spieth could play well at the country club. I mean, I just feel like it's going to be a golf course that will require players to get up and down a lot around these greens because they're so small, and Jordan Spieth is a player that can get up and down around greens that are very small. I just <laughs> I just, I just, just keep looking. I mean, these majors are getting bigger and bigger on, on the men's side especially. Yeah. I mean, it's getting more and more important, especially with all the noise we were talking about off the top with Liv and what's happening with that and who's playing where. These majors are almost going to be the comfort station, if you will, where everybody kind of comes back and it's all playing for this big moment. Who cares about the purse? You know, you just want to win a U.S. Open. So I'm going to be very interested about that. I'm very interested about how this week goes. I mean, the live week's going to be crazy. Uh, I'm going to the Canadian Open. I'm going to be up there doing hole announcing, which I'm very excited about. Uh, So that's going to be a good week up in Toronto. But 
I mean, I'm going to have one eye on what's happening there just to see, is it a complete circus or does it, is it actually okay? Are people going to be interested in it? Does it go off well? Where are the hiccups? Because there's going to be hiccups, trust me. So what does it look like? Are we going to be able to watch it? I mean, there's just so many questions yeah. that go with the event in London. So I, I just feel like this is going to be an interesting week headed into this major at at one of the most kind of historic places, right? I mean, there's all this new age golf stuff happening. And then we all of a sudden go back in time when you drive through the gates at the country club. Exactly. I think it'll be, it'll be very interesting. I am, I will leave you with this is that, you know how you can like pay to walk inside the ropes with these yeah, the, players? The thing, the yes. I, I don't see that going. No, like, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think that's a great idea. If you're one of these players who has been, you know, keeping an arm, you know, you don't like hearing a camera right. clicking 50 yards away. It's going to be very interesting. It, it it comes off. So some of the ideas come off like if you and I had had like six drinks and then we're throwing <laughs> ideas together, which again, sometimes it is, would take two drinks for me. There you go. Yeah, two two for you, six for me. But, you know, uh, it. Seriously, though, it it does come off sometimes where it's like it's not a bad idea in theory. No. But, you know, if you actually try to implement it, I mean, Dustin Johnson's not going to want, you know, Fred, who paid, you know, 2000 pounds walking by him, asking him questions about his golf game. Like, that's not something DJ is going to be that interested in. The guys don't even want to do interviews walking with media members like they don't even want to do it with the the actual interviewees that are doing those types of things. So uh, it is going to be again, I I. I will sit back with my hands behind my head with a smile on my face, enjoying it because it's yes. going to be weird and wild and all that. And who the heck knows what's going to happen, but uh, a good week, anything else on the women's open, anything else to wrap up from a, an awesome week at pine needles. Cause I'm a big fan of the golf course. I got a chance to, to cover that senior women's there when Helen Alfredson won. And I remember, I mean, the moment we were back on the broadcast, I just immediately thought I, this is, this is major golf. This is major championship golf. It feels so much like Pioneer's number two. Yeah, it was awesome. I don't think anything, I mean, I'm just excited to see kind of obviously where Minji keeps going with her game, but also Nellie. It feels like she never left. I'm really glad she had a good week because you never know how someone's return is going to go, especially after like a health thing. So I'm feeling good about her game going forward. I've decided, Claire, that the return from a long break, you, you see the solid golf early and the mistakes late. You know, we saw that with Nelly. We saw it a little with Danielle as well. You look at how the way she played early, and you even kind of go with Tiger. I mean, think about the way Tiger has played those last couple of days. And Tiger's situation is very different, obviously, going through, you know, the 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 accident and then all the stuff he's had to recover from and obviously what he's still dealing with in terms of the injuries. But you're seeing it's almost like the nerves and the adrenaline can kind of carry these players through the first couple of days. Then all of a sudden, when you're really into it, right? When you're really back into quote unquote, your job mode, mm-hmm. that's when you start to miss some of the short putts. That's when maybe yeah. the irons aren't as sharp. And we saw a little bit, a little of that from both Danielle and Nelly over the weekend, but I'm with you fired up for Nelly. I, I was very impressed with the golf game. I, I, I don't know what she said. I didn't read her quotes after the round, but I'm assuming it was, I'm assuming the week has to be a positive for her. I mean, outside of a victory yeah. finishing in the top 10 and just getting back into it. I'm excited to see what the summer holds for her because I would be bummed if she didn't win a major this year. I mean, I know she's gone through a lot of stuff, but I just feel like in terms of her game and the trajectory, it'd be cool if she won another one this season. And then, you know, I mean, Minji's going to be tough to beat. What, we have three left? I mean, Minji picks up another one, and now you have three in a year and a half. I mean, now you're talking about Minji really being in that conversation with Jin Young and uh, and Nelly. So uh, exciting week. Love the U.S. Women's Open. Shout out to the USGA. I thought they did an awesome job. It's a great golf course. I love the the finishing stretch. I love that you go 15 par five. You can make an eagle. 
16, they move the tees around all week long, and it's kind of a crazy little occasionally short, sometimes, you know, medium iron shot in a 16. And then you just got these brute par fours to finish. Like, to me, that is a yeah. U.S. Open-style finish uh, where you kind of get all of it, you know, as you get close to closing mm-hmm. up and you get on that closing stretch of the four holes. Yeah, it was great. Awesome. Uh, anything else, Claire? Where 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 could people check out your stuff? What do you got coming up? Uh, you're gonna be at you're gonna be at Brookline, correct? Yeah. You'll be at Brookline. All week, an hour from my house. I went to Boston College, so I'm very oh, excited so to be exciting. back up in that area. Can you show me the ropes? Oh my gosh! Of course, okay, we'll go to like good. the dive bars. And I love that. actually, if anyone's there, Shane, uh, you got to go to White Mountain Creamery, the best ice cream I've ever had. Three miles. Shout out White Mountain Creamery. Okay. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to send three me, miles from the court. You're gonna have to send me like a notes thing. I, I know you have like a notes app thing for the Boston area, so you'll have to copy paste yeah. that and send it to me. Hey, what? Hey, listen, people are listening to this. They might be going to the U.S. Open. What other <laughs> suggestions you got? You got any other Boston stuff people should check out or or things they uh, should the do? The Red Sox are in town the whole week. All week, okay. Yeah. Go um, to Fenway. Yep. I'm trying to think like more in the area. Hey, do, hey, do you have like... any Fenway uh, like life hacks about Fenway? Because, you know, I mean, you can get some goofy ass seats and some weird spots in that stadium. Are there any life hacks or is it just don't get an obstructed view ticket or whatever? Yeah, don't get an obstructed view ticket. I think uh, it's great to walk around like on the higher level. Okay. Green Monster, if you've never seen it, it's just a good spot to walk around. There's a lot of history in Boston. The Aquarium, if you're an aquarium. Nice. Good Aquarium. <laughs> Uh, Boston Tea Party, like history, really, whatever you're into, they've got it. Everything and more in the Boston area. Uh, I'm gonna, I need to get a, some Red Sox tickets. I'm, I'm already kind of working on. A, I think there's, I think there's gonna be Game Five of the NBA Finals. They're gonna be in Boston during U.S. Ooh. Open Week. So uh, I'm already like texting and annoying people about trying to get tickets to that game because. Uh, yeah. I'm a I'm a Steph fan, and I want to. We're wearing a Steph shirt right now after the win last night, Ooh. so um, I uh, I'm going to try to get tickets for that. But it's going to be a great week. Uh, I think you and I are going to try to play some golf too, which I'm very excited about. Yes, um, absolutely. Make sure you follow uh, Claire. It's at K. Is it K Claire Rogers? Is that your social? Yes. K Claire Rogers, R O G E R S. Check out Claire on golf.com. She does an amazing job uh, with everything she's doing. Claire, we always appreciate the time. Great week at the U.S. Women's Open. Excited about the U.S. Open. Excited about the summer. Got a lot of stuff going on. Golf's longest day. If you're listening to this on Monday, which is when we're posting this, I will be on Golf Channel from <laughs> 6 p.m. until midnight. Six hours. Me and Ann Jackson are going to be rocking and rolling with. Uh, with uh, golf's longest day, and it'll be golf's longest night uh, for us before I go to Toronto. So if you're listening to this on Monday, tune in uh, Monday night for that, and uh, we'll check back with you soon. Thanks, Claire. Thanks. That'll do it for our U.S. Women's Open recap pod. Big thanks to Claire. She is the best. Uh, make sure you give her a follow on social media. I mentioned it at the end of the interview, but it's at K Claire Rogers. Follow her on Instagram. Follow her on Twitter. Tell your friends to follow her. She's awesome. She puts out some great content. Had a viral tweet this week that was very, very funny. Um, so uh, a great follow and a great person. Love having her a part of the podcast. Uh, make sure you're following at Get a Grip Pod on Instagram as well. You can follow me. I mean, I'm at Shane Bacon. I mean, might as well plug that uh, as well. Excited for Golf's Longest Day. Like I said, if you're listening to this on Monday, tune into Golf Channel. Uh, late night style. We'll have a whole bunch of recaps from Golf's Longest Day. And then I will be headed to Toronto uh, to do some featured hole broadcasting for the Canadian Open. So uh, make sure you tune into that as well. Have a great week. Chat with you soon. Get a Grip with Shane Bacon is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.